This is episode 20, WrestleMania 3, part 2. I'm your host, Mike, the main event, Manzi. And thank you for joining me for this very special supplemental episode of Third Time's a Charm. So today is a bit of a departure for the show, something new, as I am not discussing a movie once again because this is part of the WrestleMania series of shows. But this episode does not cover the next six matches. That episode will come out on May 3rd. So here's the deal. My original plan was to record the WrestleMania episodes and interview the guests after to get a bit of their history with wrestling and air them in the intros of part one and two. But scheduling didn't exactly allow for that, so I figured I would still do the interviews since they'd be short, and I'd just run them all at the top of part two. Uh, So this is what happened. I sat down with my wrestling consultant, Brian Slumber Party Rodriguez, to interview him first for a few minutes, and somehow that short conversation turned into this hour-long episode of just Brian and me talking about wrestling. And thus, an extra episode was born. Now, just to sum up, this episode is not the next six matches. Come back May 3rd for that. This is a supplemental episode where Brian, my wrestling consultant, stopped by to talk about wrestling for a while. I must say, I had quite a lot of fun, and I think it comes through in the episode. My apologies, you know, to Larson and Dan, if you're listening, that I didn't get around to interviewing you two, but, you know, I can't wait to have you back as guests on other episodes. Dan, my horror consultant, and Larson will figure out a title for you later, but thanks for being on my WrestleMania episodes. I'll talk to you soon. One last thing. There's no, no part three. No, 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 no. No, 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 not this fucking time, no fucking way, no fucking way, no fucking way, no fucking way. And without further ado, away we go. Right. Hello, and welcome to Third Time's a Pit. I'm not <laughs> sure what to call this, Brian. Welcome to another show within the show. This is uh, part of the wrestling series here at Third Time's a Charm, part of WrestleMania 3. I have with me my wrestling consultant expert, Brian Rodriguez. Welcome to the pit. Welcome, Mike Manzi. Always a pleasure to be in, in the pit, Manzi's pit. <laughs> yeah, Manzi's pit. I wasn't sure what to call this segment. <laughs> As, okay, so as trying to trace it back, so there's obviously Piper's Pit with Rowdy Roddy Piper, where he had an interview segment, and like we mentioned on last week's episode, that like they would start a lot of beef on those shows. Like wrestlers would come in and talk trash about other wrestlers, and then they'd settle it in the ring. You yeah. know, there's also the Barber Shop with Brutus Barber Beefcake. Yes, that was one too. We sort of theorized that he was being groomed, as it were, to take over (laughs) for Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's Uh, true. There's been plenty throughout the years. There's the Snake Pit is the The last one that I can remember uh, for the WWF when I was watching. And that was Jake the Snake Roberts, whom you didn't, I never thought would be the best, like, interviewer. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. I mean, that one didn't last too long. No. It felt like grasping against straws. I think after that, they went with the Brother Love show. 
Oh, okay. That I love was a character uh, played by Bruce Pritchard. Eventually, Shawn Michaels had one, the Heartbreak Hotel. And then later throughout the years, like Chris Jericho ended up having one. Okay. The Highlight Reel. <laughs> the the Pete Christian later Peep Show. Let's see, Edge had one. What was this? The Cutting Edge. Wow. You know, the, it's not done too often now. I mean, lately, I, th- they've been bringing it back. Like, there's a current wrestler, Alexa Bliss, and she has a show called A Moment of Bliss. Okay, cool. So it, it's always, yeah. like like you said, it's a good way to, like, jumpstart feuds or mm-hmm. have people talk where it's not just, like, a boring backstage segment. Yeah, it opens it up a lot as far as world building. And, yeah. uh, you know, Larson, I think, mentioned, too, is a lot of that soap opera kind of scenario crafting going on during Absolutely. those shows as well that all gets settled in the ring. But if I had known that, I would have tried to come up with a better pun Well, what for is my your name. name? So that's why I was going to get into that quick, like what kind of wrestling theme we would go by. I don't know why. I see myself as kind of like Mad Mike, a barbarian or something. Like, <laughs> wow. Like maybe like a Conan. I wasn't either, but it, it just <laughs> feel, it's just like what came to mind because I figured like I'd be sort of, you know, jacked and ripped and like, <laughs> all that. And I, I, I love like the Conan, the barbarian kind of stuff, but it doesn't lend itself well to like an articulate character. Yeah. Uh, Right. And you have such, like, the M names are good names because there's a lot of M nicknames like Marvelous Mike Manzi. Oh, that's nice. Main Event Mike Manzi. Oh, I wasn't even going. I was thinking (laughs) way... Well, I'm planning your after career. I like it. Once you retire and you become like either a broadcaster, an interview segment guy. That's classic. I like the uh, marvelous or the main event. It's pretty (laughs) cool. See, because you got to run your show name off of your your character name a little bit too. Yeah. So usually, yeah. uh, That's why Vince McMahon was there. You know, I'd go to Vince and be like, I see myself as a barbarian. He's like, No, 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 no. no." He's like, Here's here's who you are. Yeah. You're the main event. So I see you in a chicken outfit. You know. (laughs) Right. You're gonna start there and then we'll shave it and then... <laughs> but how about yourself what, what do you uh, see yourself as see I, I i never good at nicknames for myself as we learned from my recent hackers episode oh right what did <laughs> what did we end up i don't even you? remember honestly <laughs> but uh, i've always seen myself if i was going to be a wrestler as what they call a chicken shit heel and a chicken shit heel is not the biggest guy, All right. but he like wins matches doing the most chicken shit things possible. Ah, you know, like you know, you see a guy and, and you hate the guy because you know he's gonna do whatever it takes to win. You know, Bobby Heenan wasn't well, he was I think a wrestler at one point, but he wasn't a wrestler at, like in this era. Right, but he's definitely doing those kind of antics. A chicken shit heel is too like he'll cheat to do whatever, right? But when the other person cheats, he makes like such a big like I was wronged, you know. Yes. That match was taken away from me. Yeah. It's almost how like Jesse Ventura comments. I was just know? gonna say. Yeah. No. Exactly. Right. So someone who's not mean and mad and all the way bad, but like someone who's more Weasley. And, yeah, Weasley is a better yeah, word. Yeah. Like, really. Oh, I'm gonna kill you. It's more like you know. So you, like, so during like the over the top battle royal, you'll sneak out the bottom rope and hide under the mat. For, some, like, something half of the like match. that theoretically, then, like, or just like instigating stuff like like talking to to a tag team and saying like oh so you're the bigger one so you've been winning the matches you know trying to get the other partner to get on each other rather than me like if i were if i had an interview segment it would be more like that like nice. so what's it like carrying your partner around the ring like that's that must funny be tough you know? <laughs> see i like see your mind is going different places than mine because it's used to more wrestling than i am like you've been following it more through the years than i have and stuff so i love 
that perspective of it. It's really opening my mind See, again. Th- there's an art to being a good heel, especially either like a chicken shit heel or like, I'm not using inside terms, but there's also like similarly a bumping heel. Okay. And a bumping heel is somebody who builds heat from the crowd and then takes a lot of moves from the opponent. Like this is okay. behind the scenes stuff okay. just to make the other guy look so freaking good. Okay. There's a lot to follow. There's an art to getting your ass kicked. <laughs> there <laughs> totally is. No, and it's also that it's it's a show, too. So there's levels of good guys and bad guys, and, you know, it depends on who you match up against to tell the story. It's cool. I never thought of the intricacies of it that much, really. Yeah, because if you look at it, if you're a bad guy, you want to be the worst guy possible because your job is to make the good guy look even better. Like, Vince McMahon likes big, strong guys who aren't as agile in the ring. So you put a a bump and heel in there who's going to make like a stiff punch look like it's without making it look too fantasy yes. you know so so what's the extreme on the other end on the good guy side like uh, what are the different sort of categories I mean, uh, there, of... I mean throughout the years there's been you know there's like Hogan's right who we watched we talked about the Hogan and Andre match yeah. later and uh, not to spoil that too much that's not the technical fest that another match we talk about Macho and Steamboat is there's certain faces and heels that it's about, you know, what they look like, or even sometimes what they do outside the ring, that, okay, you know, you yeah. want to match the hype in the ring, and there's some people who are going to win. There's some faces who are going to win you over with their technical ability. Yep. There are people who do a lot of spot. A spot is, well, a spot is any move, but, like, someone who's, like, into spots is someone who's going to do a million flips. Okay. You know, like, trying to feed the audience that way. So we got someone like Hogan who really kind of became dependent on his storyline a lot storyline and just like he would hulk up and you his know, ab- get the crowd in like and his right his hype factor because literally at the end of every match i would just remember hulk hogan and the beginning of every match he'd come in rip his shirt and pose for like hogan, three minutes yeah. and then kind of wrestle for a while <laughs> win and then like pose again for a really long a lot time. of the match is not the match yeah you know it's <laughs> true yeah. with him and but you have i mean macho that's why macho is one of my favorite he could do it all because he was into theatrics he yeah could do the promos and he was a really good wrestler yeah so someone i like that isn't i want to mention quickly who isn't in wrestlemania 3 that comes along and blows up very soon is the ultimate warrior you know he to me felt like like the not perfect blend but like what i wanted out of macho man and hogan respectively sort of like put into one character where you have like this intense extreme showmanship of hogan with like you know ah oh, like i could yell and all that and then you have like the moves and the flamboyancy but, you know, of macho funny. man he's pretty terrible of a wrestler was he? I guess yeah. my memory. But it doesn't. That's does what, not... with him. They built him up so much. Yeah. It did not matter. That's he goes point. in, shakes the ropes, throws someone around. He doesn't have a match that's over like five minutes, ten minutes long. Eventually, he would, and it would be like really tough. And, that's funny. And his promos, they seemed good, but once he became champion, and not to like besmirch the late Warrior, which he legally changed his name just to Warrior. Really? He got really into the character. You know, once they started like he was champion, and they wanted to like build matches up with him, it became very, very hard because. Like, he just used to, like, doing, you know, putting his hands up, power slamming somebody, shaking the ropes. But, I mean, he was, like, everyone was into the Warrior. Yeah, that's hilarious to find out that. Because, like, again, that's something I mentioned on last episode is sort of, like, the level of misdirection, like, the magic trick of wrestling and everything. And it's, like, I thought he was amazing. See, but to me, I don't hate that. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, no. they're really good at one area of packaging this guy. And, you know, the face paint and the way he looks. Yep. It's a sum of all the parts. Yes. If everyone's going to, like, we don't 
come this is some people do honestly there's some people today who just want like a technical wrestling fest the entire time i'm not one of them i there there's merit in a lot of different areas agreed uh okay so let's move this along a little bit we didn't really mention it on the show but can you just get into a little bit about your history with wrestling in general like how old were you when you first saw wrestling like larson mentioned he wasn't allowed to watch wrestling as a kid you know dan is younger than me so like he just wasn't alive when i was watching that type of wrestling but like how old were you and yeah i was pretty much born into a wrestling family okay um on my mother's side really like my uncles were really uh, into wrestling you know the wwe today was the wwf and that came from the wwwf the world wide wrestling federation okay we talk about it a little how it used to be into the territories mm-hmm. every region had their own federation the new york boston region was the wwwf which was operated by really Vince McMahon's grandfather originally, then Vince McMahon's father. Oh, man. Then Vince McMahon. So I, I bring that up because, like, my uncles, and it's funny because it seems to be passed through uncles. <laughs> You're an uncle, so you know how this yeah. is. You know, like. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, tr- it's true. Some, it's funny what influences rub off on your nephew and which ones don't, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I believe it came from their uncles. Okay. And then it came to me. They used to watch a WWWF on local TV and from Madison. Garden, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, the really old stuff. Like, my uncle could tell me when, like, Bob Backlund won the championship for the first time, you know, lost it, like, when they first brought in Hulk Hogan. This is before the WrestleMania, so, you know, crazy stuff. And, I, you know, I was just born kind of watching it. Now, look, I've always seen the match, but the first WrestleMania memory I have is my uncle's watching WrestleMania 9, and it was the Steiners versus the head shrinkers oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> the head shrinkers <laughs> what on yeah. earth? eventually fatu and the head shrinkers go do a lot of gimmicks he, yeah. he got popular in the attitude era as rikishi oh yeah yeah, yeah. Likes, <laughs> you know yeah it's all stink kinda, face to I people heard some of that stuff right <laughs> no yeah i mean i mean back in the day there was even there was kamala i think he sort of started a little bit of that so it was a cool era and then you know i really big i'm wearing a bret hart t-shirt today huge bret hart fan coming up not so much in the heart foundation that's what i would watch i would watch like old tapes of that but wrestlemania 10 was like the first wrestlemania i watched top to bottom every match i i continued through and then i stopped for maybe like i swear to god a good six months and most people stopped for a long time yeah i'm like you know i'm done i'm a little too old for this and of course in that six months that's when like stone cold steve austin blew up and i'm like oh my god the thing that everyone was making fun of me for watching is suddenly cool again Uh oh so i started watching again and that was another like four or five years of straight watching took a little time off but i never took both eyes off i mm-hmm. was always like check the websites you know right. like pop in from time to time and then i really really got into it again the rock was hosting a wrestlemania i don't remember which one this was it, like i missed the kind of john cena thing i mean the early parts of it i was again watching from the peripheral that wrestlemania I decided to watch i'm like okay this is cool you know what i want to do next year next year i'm gonna bring all my friends over and we're gonna bet on wrestlemania matches because <laughs> no one knows what's going on and i thought it was so fun we we watched it and me and another friend of mine like got hooked from that wrestlemania got really into it for another three years (laughs) now i'm very into it like i watch the big shows if there's too much wrestling on i can't watch like three hours of raw two hours of smackdown and all the alternative programming on the network that's new there's i think six or seven hours of new wrestling just wwe every week oh no see that's (laughs) 
<laughs> See, that's what was a little easier back in the days. Like you could either follow WWE or uh, WCW. You didn't, have, and but now it seems like all of that content is under the same umbrella. So like you can't miss any of it because it's all canon. It, that's just the feeling I get. What's from really it. good though through social media, they're very good at social media. So you get recaps. Yeah. So you could know what I, I can know what I want to watch and know what I not want to watch. And I, you know, I'm I love technical wrestling, but I'm really about the storyline. So I could follow the storyline without 100% watching. I hear you. I don't know why I ever stopped watching. I mean, like I mentioned in the first episodes, like my brother kind of got me into wrestling. So I guess when he moved out and we stopped living together, like I just kind of dropped off and, and stopped watching. But like you said, like it's hard. Like when guys like The Rock and Stone Cold and The Undertaker, you know, and like Shawn Michaels, like when all these guys blow up, like it, it was impossible to not pay attention to that again for a while. So like I definitely dipped back in to see like what is going on. But to me, it just was like, I think that you said the attitude era, yeah. right? So I just thought that it got too extreme, like that it was getting maybe away from the wrestling. And like you said, like, I was more into the storylines and the storylines were all like guzzling beer and, <laughs> you know, and partying. I don't know. There was sort of a, a level of raunch to it that turned me off, I guess. But I was still like amazed how hard the WWE was still going. I was like, all right, this is a juggernaut. It's never going to stop. And like, I think it's in a place now where it's kind of found a good balance between the attitude and the tradition, I guess you could say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely not like Attitude Era-esque. Some people wish it would be, but the wrestling in the Attitude Era was not great. It was, like you said, more about the quote-unquote attitude. They did what they had to do. I love that era. I grew up on that era, but I respect all eras. I love what's happening now because, like you said, it's a really nice balance. But you're right. It would take them a good 10 years of doing bad to go out of business at this point. They've developed... They're a publicly traded corporation. Right. They've developed yeah. such a system that even when they're doing bad, they're still making... And shadily sometimes, but they're still making millions of dollars. Like, I mentioned shadily because they have a deal with Saudi Arabia. What? That's worth... I think a couple billion dollars. They have to go to Saudi Arabia twice a year and have, put on big events. No kidding. And some people are very against it because Saudi Arabia like beheads people, you know? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how yeah. they see it, I've heard behind the scenes is though, like if we're doing this for 10 years, one of our goals is to get women to wrestle on the event and women like just got to yeah. be able to drive like a couple months ago. Right. <laughs> you know? I know. That's <laughs> all right. So, you know, they have at least some good ambition but you know it's ambition but it's because they're giving writing you a billion dollar check it's true <laughs> too i like people are like oh how could they take that money i look and i understand politically but how do you say no to a billion dollars and and then they pay the wrestlers t themselves they got yeah. Shawn michaels to come out of retirement right undertaker kane like people who haven't wrestled in years and they say oh we want these guys on there but we'll pay them, you know? Right. So <laughs> it, it's hard because, like, on the one hand, you know, there is the ethics involved. But on the other hand, they're taking that money and trying to do something good with it, I guess you could say. I, I don't see them not taking that money in, to begin with. Wrestling but. is the most judged entertainment ever, right? Because how many of these Hollywood movies that you and I on our particular podcast talk about are funded by Saudi oil money? Yeah. A yeah. lot of them. We don't say, oh, I'm not watching the new Spider-Man because there's a Saudi billionaire backing it. Right. No, I know. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Especially more and more these days, you know, you see like all those logos at the start of the film and they've become less and less familiar. Do you think that the Fast and Furious franchise is in Dubai if they're not getting the money from oh, Dubai? Abu, uh, yeah, the oh, Abu, Abu, Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, no, were, no, no, it's true, though. And I just think of when Iron Man 3 came out, just how that was sort of around the era where people were altering films for China, you know, mm -hmm. because there was a... I forgot a, about that. Yeah, just a lot of stuff that you just can't get away with 
under that government and they were like film alternate scenes and have alternate content and stuff. So, I mean, Hollywood's been placating whoever they need to for money forever, basically. <laughs> so why don't we get into some news here? Because, you know, since we recorded, there's been a WrestleMania and I didn't really mention it on the intro last time, but it was WrestleMania month. This month was WrestleMania 35? Like, wow, 35. Yeah. Damn. No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I, I would have liked to. I actually searched around to try and, and order it for a while. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it live. I was very angry because it was in, you know, New Jersey. Yeah, I just heard about the controversy after the show that there weren't enough buses and trains running. That's the fucking New Jersey Transit <laughs> always screws that up. They, do, they screwed up for the Super Bowl. They screwed up for last WrestleMania. But the event itself. The event, it was a great WrestleMania. One of the better ones, but it would be very hard for you or someone to just dip in now because the WrestleManias today are so freaking long. How long was it? I can't even tell you, okay? So they have a pre-show with three matches. You want to see that. I know, okay, the pre-show I think started at like three. Okay. And the WrestleMania didn't end until 12.30 the next day. Oh my God. So. That's too much. That's like two It's too that's much. Like the thing two is they events. have so much good talent now and so many people they want to reward and so many people, the match style is different now that it's not about like Hulk Hogan no, and Andre yeah. like for like, you know, 10 minutes doing something. These people build long matches and they work their whole year for this. And the fans want to see, the. Fa- this is the problem with the fans. Oh, WrestleMania is too long. And then when a guy, their guy's not on the show, what the hell? This guy's not on the show? So would it take away from WrestleMania if you had two a year now because it's so big because there's so much but they to... have okay but Royal Rumble is in a baseball stadium every okay, year okay now. so then why are people complaining I understand WrestleMania is the big show like it's the main event and everything but you're having a Royal Rumble you're having a SummerSlam you're having something else because like... there's nothing like WrestleMania I mean some people have said should they do it two days oh now you're talking you're I seriously. actually like that idea that's some a great idea no. Make I it actually a whole... like that idea Make it like a whole festival. You know what I mean? It's Make become it a that because fair. they have Fan Fest, right? Yeah. The fan, the uh, access, it's called. Okay. It's five days. It was in Brooklyn this year, right? And the thing sells out. So they do Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania, the two days after WrestleMania, sold out at the Barclays Center. They do NXT show, which is their minor league kind of. Look, I don't think of it like that, but I'm saying it for the fans. Who yeah, are just in general, fans. right? That sells out the Barclays Center. So WrestleMania week is huge. So what the hell? Just make it like Lollapalooza or something, or yeah, two days. Coachella or tickets, whatever. They would sell out the huge stadium. They would, But a lot of people are like, oh, that takes away from it. I don't think no. so because I don't think sitting in a you stadium know, for nine hours. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that's what takes away from it is sitting there that long, like waiting and sitting through stuff and like not being able to get up and go check out a tent or, you know, go meet someone in person, like signing an autograph or something for a while. And your first night can set up your second night. You have a good first night, first main event. That's like, oh shit, I got to watch tomorrow. Well, yeah, I think of like Comic-Con, right? like do it do it up like that like you could have the first night with like you know the undercards like all the people who are like but I you think know, fresh night faces have a and big stuff. main event because well, you, you do don't that want, too you don't but... want any of the perception to be the first night is the B show they have professionals to schedule this and I think it's, that it's if they natural. had two days at least like it would be amazing two days of four hours each is so much better than one day of eight hours nine you know? oh my gosh because like afterwards look what happened like everyone like instantly forgot about how awesome Wrestlemania was because it was a nightmare to get home from it everyone just got trapped in New Jersey you know it would just logistically I think it would be a lot better oh absolutely absolutely oh the one clip I did see is someone came out like the Road Warrior it was very much like Fury Road someone did you see that someone came to the ring and it just seemed like they were on like a big Mad Max style oh probably car. Triple H 
much. But uh, we talked about this on your Mad Max episode. So much of wrestling was influenced by Mad Max. Yeah. There could yeah. be, theoretically, on another show, an entire episode on the Mad Max influence of the on the WWE or WWE. That could be, instead of the Barbarian, it could be Mad Mike the Road Warrior. Like There, there the, was even, the... I learned this, like, in the, in the South, in, like, one of the territories, there was even a character that was literally, like, the main bad guy in... Oh, um, Humongous? Lord Humongous? Yeah, called Lord the... Humongous, who would wrestle. <laughs> that movie, like, blew wrestling fans' minds. That's crazy. Wow, I love it. <laughs> Also, since we've recorded, a bit of sad news. Actually, we found this out. I think we talked about this on the ride home from seeing Hackers, if I'm not mistaken, that night. Yeah. Wrestling legend King Kong Bundy has passed away. So I did mention that in the intro of the last episode very briefly. But, Brian, would you care to elaborate on that? Do you want to eulogize the man? Is there anything you'd like to say? It's about tough for me to say. Like, you know, I grew up a little bit with King Kong Bundy because he made a bit of a return. He should definitely be in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's not. There's a lot of speculation about that. Some of it is because he believed that he had a you know very famous feud with Hulk Hogan. Yes. And Hulk Hogan obviously won the feud. Yeah, well, we talk about how he goes from fighting Hulkster in WrestleMania 2 to the mixed tag team match in WrestleMania 3. And it's like, wow, they really, he just fell down that ladder. Fast. <sighs> yeah, and it's related. Apparently, this is, again, rumor and hearsay. I can't okay. speak for him or his family. Apparently, there's a lot of uh, sour feelings that he felt like he was promised a championship hmm. that he would later beat Hulk Hogan. You're looking at me like that because I don't know yeah, like, why no, would they do that. It's tough. Know? Like, I never really saw him as the world heavyweight he's, champ. He's a good heel. He's a good bad guy. Yeah. He's good, like, the, the goal back then was feed monsters to Hulk Hogan and have right. him slay the monsters. <laughs> exactly. He's a troll. He's like the ogre. No, you're, but that's exactly right. And he did a great job at that, but, that, you know, he's a certain style of wrestler that I don't think even exists today. Hmm. Well, what is that? Like, not even amongst, like, the guys... You mean, like, the giants, like Kane and those dudes? There are less monster heels now. There's a big guy, Braun Strowman. Huge. Mm. They sometimes use him as a heel, sometimes they don't. But he still can, like, move around a lot more than King Kong Bundy. Right, right. King Kong Bundy's just pure, like, I am a huge guy. (laughs) Right, no, And I'm not trying to take anything away from him, because that was very effective. Yeah. If you look at it as, like, an art form, and if it was on a stage in a ballet, like, or an opera, he's playing a certain character that they needed back then, and he played it really, really well. Yeah, and there were a lot of, I mean, we mentioned, Larson mentioned the body type, you know? There just seemed to be a larger variety of body type amongst the wrestlers back yeah. in the day than there are now when maybe and they should bring some strong, of that. And not even strong, like even like no. fat. Like, like yeah, say, yeah, like, no, exactly. Guy. Like, right, that's what I mean, yeah. Like another guy I think of who moved a little bit better than Bundy, but was Earthquake. Oh, yeah, Earthquake. yeah, yeah. And I Earthquake do. was a former sumo wrestler, believe it or not. No okay. Well, there was Yokozuna, who was a Yokozuna. actual... Yokoz- Yokozuna was good, but he got... The problem with Yokozuna, he got way too fat, and he stopped being able to really move. Yokozuna is Rikishi's cousin, you know? Oh, my gosh. Fatu, he's one of the... He's the Rock's cousin, Yokozuna. Oh, that's... Well, like... Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know if they're, like... The Rock is, like, from a weird branch, but they're all in the Samoan family, too. That Yokozuna wasn't Japanese, family. he was Samoan. Well, I mean, even, you know, I mentioned earlier Kamala, right? Like, that was a dude with, like, a, he would come out and he'd slap Kamala his big, fat is stomach, a great you know? example of a monster heel, the Ugandan giant. Yeah. You know, like, but even he was doing cartwheels and shit more than Bundy was more doing. More than Bundy. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these guys were a little bit more athletic than him, but the monster heel was the person you fed to your white meat Hulk Hogan baby <laughs> face. That's just what you did. But yeah. there's a style in that. Yeah. And it's all because, like, how is he going to beat this guy? He beats that guy, but not easy. No, you know no, they no. would build it out through almost a, like six months to a year of like this guy first like beating up his friends. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's the best. Right, right. Like calling out 
a wrestler by kicking his friend's ass. Yeah. Like, or a couple of them. <laughs> so Bundy was very, very good at that. A guy I wanted to see go into the Hall of Fame this year who didn't. I wanted to see him go in because he was a New Jersey. Bundy was a New Jersey wrestler. Yeah, but this yeah. guy was a New Jersey wrestler too. His name is Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, yeah. And Bam Bam, him and Vader were the two guys who were big guys who suddenly were like jumping off the top rope and moving. They changed the game. Limited knowledge, what I know might, might be mostly hearsay. Those guys were the first guys that I heard of, at least Vader, I don't know about Bam Bam, but they spent a lot of time in Japan. And that's Vader when did, I first yeah. heard about how crazy Vader's Japan is. Japan. And then obviously later you'd find out about stuff that Mankind did or, you know, Mick Foley would go over there and sort of expose maybe the dangers that are going <laughs> on in the ring in Japan with stuff oh, like, you Japan know, bringing those hardcore tough. matches in. Japan style like the hardcore but even the regular it's called like strong style okay so in japan wwe wrestles almost every day like in house shows and stuff like really they go to different small towns and they wrestle at least five times a week four or five times a week so some guys do you know japan they don't wrestle as much they wrestle like maybe like once or twice a month huh sometimes i mean i I could be wrong on the numbers you but so it's more of an event it's more of an event the matches are longer Mm-hmm. And they, when they hit, like, they're less concerned, like, about... Like, WWE, there's a whole style of how to land properly. Right, right. Take a hard bump. Make it look real. Really so, hit that guy in yeah, the face is yeah. what they're saying to each other. A lot of it, yeah. Like, don't concuss the guy. There's a way to lay in in Japan where it's like, you're hitting him hard, but you're hitting him in the right spot where you're not going to kill him. No, like dead arms or, or yeah. things like that. And, it, no, it, it's a tough style. And then you see the fireworks and the barbed wire, and you're just like, what the <laughs> And fuck? then there's that, too. Vader... His best run was in Japan. Like, he had such a great thing. And WCW had a good run, too. By the time he got to WWF, he was, like, done. Japan style had hurt him, too. He much. actually, he's in a uh, Japanese wrestling video game, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe we <laughs> could, maybe we'll do an episode all about wrestling video games one day. And see, Bundy, just to get back on Bundy, I think his style gets, like, made fun of and lost in time because you had guys like Vader and Bam Bam. And now you have a guy, Kevin Owens, who, who I think Dan Colon either brings up or brought up, who's a bigger guy, but Kevin Owens jumps from the top rope and moves like he's a smaller guy. See, like, yeah, I would love to... They got to bring those guys back, like the, the, the boulders. Because you know why it works for me? And I understand why... I, not, I don't want to generalize the fans, but I understand why it may not work today because they're so used to wrestling without that kind of thing. But, like, for me, it kind of comes more down to the story side. Like, that is a type of wrestler that could be more dependent on storyline and then when you get in the ring and you have someone you know imagine someone light saying oh who is this guy look at him he's out of shape i can kick his ass and he's talking trash for six months and then he gets in the ring and gets you know his ass destroyed by someone i think it's good these like now they're trying to do a little bit of both Hmm. so there's this team i'm going to show you right now in nxt which is like where they developed the guys called the war raiders okay and they're very much a throwback to what it was oh yeah but they very cool they're very uh braveheart yeah but they can move. Yeah. Like they See, that's the barbarian look I was kind yeah. of talking about. <laughs> Interesting. They yeah. can go with anybody, but they're still like a, a bigger guy. Like Yeah, they're less cut, right? Like they're less defined muscular I think different structure body types. And, yeah. It sounds weird talking about it. It's no, very but, important like yeah. to, to storyline and stuff. And it's very important because I don't want to see the same guy over and over again. No, they become clones. You know, I think we brought it up in the Hercules-Billy Jack match. One of the reasons that's the least interesting is not only because there's no real history between them but it's almost like some guys fighting a mirror like they just they look like twins almost some of the best matches are the little guy versus the big guy yeah. you know it sometimes like when these <laughs> we're like sorry we're like having a full other episode no that's fine it, <laughs> it might be but that's okay 
some of these, like, when the big guy goes against the big guy, it's good in spectacle, but it doesn't always translate because, you know, it's just a kind of a slow-plotting match that's pretty short. And sometimes that's okay, but you got to build the story right for that That's the, That's the you thing. you got to build the story right. Do they have, like, okay, so here's something I know nothing about, but I'm about to just wildly guess about. Do they write everything like a sitcom or a script in script? Like, do they have, do they hire writers that are, yes. like, famous, well-known? Like, I knew, you know, I don't really want to mention his name but it's just the one famous person i know who wrote for wrestling was max landis you know but like i hate to have to mention that name but like that just is what sort of made me think like have there been famous writers or can you elaborate a little bit about now writing so this wasn't the case before some people say it's the worst part of wrestling now now everything every promo has a full script like it's a tv show oh so there's no room for improv like tripping over your words apparently vince mcmahon has gotten to this thing that you have to no they do trip over their words because they're not actors so it sucks because sometimes it looks like they're looking for the line okay i think there should be a little bit more of a balance yeah but this changed right about like in the middle of the attitude era and transitioning out of it freddie prince jr wrote for wwe what no uh, kidding okay look at this I guy mean. brian gewertz okay brian gewertz is in my opinion the best wwe writer of all time and now he's i think in charge of the rocks production company and he helps wow movies. no kidding okay that's what i'm talking about you know like uh, stepping stones a and... lot of if you look up you can look up it's a publicly traded company so they offer writer oh, positions cool and you could see, like, we need someone who's had five years of TV. Writers quit a lot, though, because they will work the whole week on the script. And then Vince McMahon, ten minutes before it's happening, yeah, this guy's going to win instead. Oh, shit. So that's, like, the problem now. Yeah. It's, a, it's, one, of, it's, it's one of the hardest writing jobs on TV because there's no off-season as well. True. A lot of famous writers grew up wrestling fans. Yes, So it's a that. dream to write there, but it's, like, something you, it's like you do it for, like, six months to a year. It's going to burn you out, and then you do whatever else. But I'm glad you bring up the writing because on the the internet right, uh, wrestling community has been talking because they just put up a new position that everyone's really excited about. Okay. A writing position. It's called something like, it, it's going to be like a continuity czar. Oh, So awesome. you're not going to write. But one of the problems that wrestling fans have been having is like, this guy couldn't beat up this guy two weeks ago and now he's power slamming yes. a guy twice yep. his size. <laughs> yeah. Or like, he was afraid of snakes. I'm just making one no, up. No, of course. And now he's like his partner and he's okay <laughs> with snakes. Like, And yeah. before before the internet, it didn't really matter because people would forget. So for the first time ever, they put up this position and apparently it's going to be a guy who's just a czar. He's going to yeah. read the script and be like, that guy can't do that. He just... Like, I never consider that to be an issue for wrestling, but that's something that now they just... Well, no, I mean, I could see thinking about that for a long time. Like, that's funny because that's something that they recently did when they restructured Star Wars. Mm. Right? They said, like, we need to keep a meticulous track of the canon from this point on and what's come before. So they took all of that extended universe stuff that had been going on for years and years and they said none of that counts anymore. (laughs) We're starting from here. This is what matters. Like they brought in, you know, Star Wars story keepers just so that everyone can know who's on what page you're on. Yeah, where you're supposed to be in the timeline. I love it. And just, you know, the wrestling continuity, there was a, this is what happens the most now that like we're jogging my memory. It's like, this guy has never tapped out like mm. this guy has never quit right like and we then, got into with andre like he's never lost yeah. he's undefeated <laughs> now they use that on purpose then and they knew no one had like old tapes to go back on exactly yeah but now you couldn't do that because someone would be like come on let's go to the tape yeah, yeah. we you, we you tell us to buy your network <laughs> it's on we, yeah we can literally backlog. see when this person <laughs> lost like that's I, terrific. This, this was true with John Cena for a while. John Cena's like, oh, I never give up. And, and Which was just something he was saying 
as a catchphrase, and the announcer starts to, they, I forgot what match it was, they were build it up like, John Cena's never quit, and this guy always makes people quit, but John Cena's, I believe his first match, or his second match, is him tapping out, like ah, in a very famous match, that's so it's amazing. like, what are you telling us, guys? So, you no, know, I mean, a long way to answer your question, but yeah. That's great, that position's a long time coming. You know, it's funny of getting, just from you saying stuff like keeping track and undefeated and this and that the one guy i remember kind of being there for his entire career because it was very brief actually was goldberg like i remember i saw his first match and his, up to his last i think i saw WCW? yeah i think i saw every one of his matches i think that was right around the time where i stopped watching was when he sort of injured himself and had to take a leave of absence or whatever. but there was a guy talk about like the bare necessities of yeah. like str- of like creating but a character they built him up so well wcw ruined him in the end um they had him lose yeah they made him way. talk <laughs> <laughs> no, but they also had him lose in a stupid way like yes, he, he his lost first lost very, very dumb yeah, he ended up get, like the next day getting arrested and and yeah. It's, I mean, this is way that's way off track, but yeah, I mean, it was course. just a memory. No, and then, but the funny thing, Goldberg came to WWE. Okay. Twice. Really? Okay. Once they got him for like a year run and it was a dud because they were believing the hype and they would put him in matches and he wouldn't be that great. He was used to uh, 60 second matches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't like, they're like, oh, let's put him against this guy. Let's put him against this guy. It was no. crap. He, right? He's just supposed to get in there, spear you, pin you and go. Only like two or three years ago, he came back again and they had learned their lesson and his year run then uh, where he basically he feuded with Brock Lesnar was great because they're like, let's keep it short. Let's just build the thing up so heavy that when it happens and it's short, it's awesome. It was awesome. And he, you know, yeah. he was jacked as hell still. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, you know, is a beast. He's like a real fighter and he's yeah. awesome. And these guys had history from that first run. So there's Kinda a WrestleMania moment in the first run. It was They were building to Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. And both of them announced kind of behind the scenes that they were both leaving the company after that WrestleMania. Okay. It was in Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania 20. They had a shitty match that the crowd was booing the both of them. <laughs> entire time oh, and it left a sour taste in both their mouths and the wwe's mouth but both of them came back you learn you know yeah and they, they yeah, learned yeah. how to book both these guys in different ways and for different reasons we don't have to get into it now that both their runs returning brock lesnar is still pretty much going strong but goldberg it was like we're like we're just gonna do a year we know how to book every match you're gonna fight maybe three or four times they're gonna be that's a great. couple seconds long but we're just gonna hype it up so much and it was that's still it's at the bottom line is entertainment yeah i don't spectacle. care if, like if someone Love does it. a million moves you know right do what you're good at and entertain yeah there's room for all of that you know there's room for the long drawn out stuff and then there's room for the goldberg stuff yeah too. so that's <laughs> that's cool i never knew he came back like that i thought he tried to make it in hollywood he did universal soldier 2 or something, <laughs> a couple other little duds as well and i just thought he was lost to the ages i saw him on a on a commercial the other day i think with like a gray beard or something now, yeah like he, he's kind of like the grill, grizzled strong man veteran like that's like yeah. his persona well okay so moving on they also um introduced some inductees into the wrestling hall of fame yeah and some were very pertinent to yeah no very because they're all in wrestlemania 3 so i thought that was very interesting the the heart foundation match is in part two of the wrestlemania 3 podcast but why don't we talk about them first and you know since Growing up, you mentioned you love Bret Hart, love to watch him. I also, I love the Hart Foundation in general, but I too like Bret Hart very much. I liked how he also sort of came out as more of like a spokesman for the sport and, you know, about the goods and the bads. But yeah, I just always thought that he was a really positive, cool sort of 
presence in wrestling and everything. So what can you tell me a little more about the Hart Foundation induction? Well, obviously well-deserved. One of the greatest tag teams of all time. Now, the WWE Hall of Fame is a little bit weird, right? Because like, there's no actual building, you know? Oh, no? no. It's not like that. I, I just imagined it at the headquarters. There are rumors that eventually they're going to put one in Orlando because Orlando's where their NXT is. Of training and stuff? Yeah. Okay. A lot of the wrestlers live in Orlando or Florida in general. I remember, didn't Hogan live there during his reality show? Yeah, Hogan lives in Tampa. <laughs> Hogan I think the knows. Tampa area. But he is from Tampa. Well, that, I Hogan totally forgot about that. <laughs> no, but most wrestlers live in Florida. A lot of them are moving to Texas now because Austin's a cool city. But the thing is, look, you're a private contractor if you're a wrestler. There's no state income tax in Florida or Texas. Oh. So they, they get more money by living in these states. If you're a wrestler, you want to live in a state with no state income tax near an airport. So you can get on a plane yeah. quickly and go travel. Right. And you get more of your money. <laughs> so Orlando, Tampa, and now Austin, I've heard, are big places. A lot of them live in Las Vegas, too. But I think there's generally like a fight, like even UFC, like a lot of training in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Boxing. It's a big fight area. So so they, they're thinking of doing it in Orlando. That's the rumor. I hope so at one point. But no one knows how people get inducted. There's no like general committee where like these are the members really so it's not like the rock and roll hall of fame where it's like you got to be around like whatever 20 years or 25 years yeah, you have to the have... rock and roll hall of fame is kind of bullshit too as no well, i know but know, at but least like... well okay well like baseball i mean at least baseball, there's like, guidelines is, yeah there, guidelines. you know but for wrestling it's just whatever they're like oh this year i think you know brutus beefcake deserves to be essentially it. yeah so triple h is vince mcmahon's son-in-law now and it seems like he takes wrestling history very seriously i mean married into the family married into the family and a lot of people there seem to be taking wrestling history a lot more seriously so while there's no like transparency of the process and at the end of the day Vince McMahon says yes or no on things they seem like now they're like well this guy has to be in because of his history this guy has to be in like it's not fair where we know there's no checks on the system but it feels more fair than ever now I bring that up because people used to be like how do we do it if somebody was in a good tag team and had a good individual run and the only person elected twice before this year was Ric Flair who, obviously, he's Ric Flair, but also the Four Horsemen, his team. Oh, that's right. Legendary team. That was my brother's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was They great. were elected as well. So, And then it was stopping a lot of teams from being elected because people were like, do we give other people two rings? Is that a slight to Ric Flair? This year, they finally right. decided, it seems like, behind the scenes, because Bret Hart already has a Hall of Fame ring. This is the first year that I think they, they were like, if somebody did two great runs, they deserve two rings. So I bring up the Hart Foundation because I think what was keeping the Hart Foundation was the fact that Bret Hart already had one. Oh, I see. And they were like, it's not as necessary. But Jim the Anvil Neidhart passed away this year. R.I.P. Which another, you know, wrestling deaths are very hard to take. And his daughter... so many. His daughter, Natty Natalia, is a very prominent women's wrestler in the WWE. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, she's like one of the longest tenured women's wrestlers. Oh, cool. She's very good. And she's like kind of the heart and soul of that division, no pun intended. Should be. (laughs) (laughs) It was part to promote their match. Her best friend is retired, but she's coming. She came back for WrestleMania, and they came out as almost like a tribute to the Hart Foundation for the women's tag title match, which was super cool. Great match. But regardless, her and her uncle, Bret Hart, because Jim Neidhart married Bret Hart's sister, they came out to induct the Hart Foundation into the Hall of Fame. And it was a nice moment, which it happened while he was alive. But sometimes, unfortunately, when someone passes, it's like, shit, we should have had elected him. You know, we, you don't know when something. It was hard. Died. I mean, yeah, there's politics, there's logistics. I mean, they were going through this one or two ring kind of thing. So they didn't, you never know when someone's yeah, going to go. Yeah, but it was a Stuff. really nice moment, a really nice speech by both Natalia and Brett. You see that on the network, of course. And unfortunately, it's and overshadowed. Then. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of a speech. Yeah. Delusional fan ran in and tackled Bret Hart. Which kind of is 
crazy because at the end of the Rowdy Roddy Piper match, the last match we talked about in ep- part one of the WrestleMania three episode, a crazy fan rushes in <laughs> to congratulate Which Roddy crazy. Piper. Like I can't believe that someone got onto the into the ring uh, in this day and age like that. Yeah, I mean Barclay Center security. I don't know what they were thinking, but you have to be an idiot to go into a ring that too full of wrestlers. <laughs> because I don't know if you've seen the footage online. The guy got beat to shit. Well, yeah, you're just going to get bum-rushed and tackled. Yeah, everyone just... rushed in, and a lot of the wrestlers who... You got 10 I know, I know it's quote-unquote fake, guys. but they're like legitimately tough guys, and they do actually get hurt, and they know how to throw a punch. Right, and it's, if they're getting assaulted, it does that's real, right? Like, that's not a fake <laughs> yeah, assault. Yeah, so it's like, okay. So... And uh, Ronda Rousey, who's in the WWE now, former UFC fighter, her husband, yes. Travis Brown, is an actual UFC fighter, too. Mixed martial arts guy, I don't know if he's in the UFC. And he was like the second guy in the ring. Oh. And this is a dangerous man. And yes, the guy got, like, lethal weapons for you know hands and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a bunch of wrestlers tackled the guy, threw, oh, got shit. him some punches. Not worth it, man. You can't see it on the network because Bret Hart is like a consummate pro. Gets up and continues his speech from the next line. Yeah. It's cut together, and it honestly it was a great speech. I was getting goosebumps. I think there are two other people though involved in this WrestleMania who were elected. Well, this year. Oh, I only know of one. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yes, Brother Brutai. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> a lot of people were pissed at that for reasons we were saying because he was not a good wrestler. No, and like, <laughs> as much as I liked him as a kid, he was one of those guys that was mostly persona. And looking back on it, not a great one. No, it's not one that will translate today at all. No, like he was like a male stripper turned barber <laughs> turned stylist. Like, what is that? And he's that? Hulk Hogan's childhood friend. Right, and I mentioned how they tried to work them as a tag team a lot. And you know he almost he had the Hogan last name for a while, but he, he even Hulkster doesn't look Irish enough to be. <laughs> but the reason that he's elected, and, and I'm for it because the thing you said as a kid, did you not love him? I loved him. He was so over with the fans. Yes. He was one of the top merchandise guys. Wow. He was a guy who got some of the biggest cheers. He felt modern. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's because he was neon, right? Like hot pink, hot yellow, like that neon green. It just felt very of the time. Whereas like, and not that this is a bad thing, but a lot of wrestling was in a transitioning phase too. They didn't really know what to do between the 80s and the 90s. And so you, yes, you had elaborate robes like Savage and Greg the Hammer Valentine, but you, most people came out just in blank shorts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's a way he resonated. Is just he and just so, caught you know, the eye. And eventually, with the big scissors and like just yeah. like the, 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 the fringe, it looked like he cut his wrestling tights himself. And I feel like that's when more people during that age were propping it up with pets and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> I have my snake, I have my dog, I have my bird. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like Bruce Barber Beefcake is one of those jokes, right? You know how like people say with a joke and you retell it, and they're like, "What?" And it's like, "Oh, you had to do that," <laughs> yeah. you know. That's, that's kind of sad. That's kind of very, like, oh, I feel so bad for. But that's a perfect way of putting it. You like, had to you be there. Kind of had to, or you at least have to know. You have to be into it so much that you know the history of where it's coming. You need to know the context. Yes, right? I, I'm a big context guy. Like, I see myself as someone who sees this as an art form. Yes, and I understand what the kind of art at the time they were. Tra- Podcasting has helped me with that. Doing right. my show, High School Slumber Party, has helped me with that. Even Hoffman movies are. Just when I go on, on your show. It's helped me with that because seeing a movie out of the context of its time could make a, a movie real shit. You and I are big Star Wars fans. If you drop Return of the Jedi cold turkey to somebody who's... It's impossible on Earth. <laughs> By the way, check out my two-part episode of Return of the Jedi <laughs> with Kyle. 
like if we went to some wilderness country, like one of those un- uncontacted tribes in Asia, <laughs> and right, right. we got them to at least understand English, so they got the movie, but showed them Star Wars, they would be like, "What the fuck is they, this?" They, or they, yeah, they'd go to like jump off a cliff because you just can't comprehend. Yeah, like, like what, what is happening? What is this? I don't understand. And we all love it because we understand the context of Star Wars. Yes, but it is campy as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Which I don't care. I know you don't care. No, we both oh, love of course it, but, not. I love it the most. Like the more you the say better. Brutus Beefcake is campy as hell. Yes. No. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how he captured a moment. Like, we talk about that a lot on podcasts, too, how, like, people try to capture moments in time and they fail miserably or they end up succeeding. You know, I think of uh, Pump Up the Volume kind of tried to capture the moment of a generation and kind of missed the mark, whereas Hackers no, kind of nailed it <laughs> for me. And again, your Pump Up the Volume take is a, is a, <laughs> is a controversial one. That's what I, uh, so I heard it, even at a rebuttal episode. Yeah, a lot of people first... have come to me and be like, wow, Mike really hated that movie. I saw it and I loved it. No, I mean, I didn't hate it. I had three and a half stars, but... Anyway, like, it's just interesting because, you know, in my day, when Brutus Beefcake became the barber, he was a barber for my generation. <laughs> that is to say, he looked like he cut hair at the mall, right? <laughs> like, under the neon sign. He's not the guy who cut my dad's hair. Like an old like, Italian guy. Right, like. with the barber pole outside with, like, the little wax mustache and wearing all white like he thinks he's a I dentist I haven't thought still. of it like that. That's a really good point. Right? But, like, you know, think about 10, 15 years before Brutus, the barber, would have been a totally different kind of character or something. So, like, he hit a nerve. <laughs> he does remind me of a shopping mall in the 80s, though. That's, like, a really good point. He is. <laughs> Terrible. And the other guy who got into the Hall of Fame this year was the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. No kidding. Yeah, okay. and he actually had a really good speech. He's another guy who people were like, come on, because him is all gimmick but, as but well. He, but he, no, well, I actually he could He could wrestle. Like he could wrestle. Yeah, so, like, when the Honky Tonk Man, like, ends up fighting in WrestleMania, when he fights Jake the Snake, like, he gets his ass kicked, but, like, he's very... Te- I feel like he's on the more technical side. Like, him and Jake the Snake are have a very good match, Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Is like, yeah, he had a very flamboyant character. He's basically Elvis, you know, like the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> Wait, like, the, the best part of his character that he's like, I don't know who Elvis Presley is. Like, he just denies it. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? I was born this way. Like, I am not an impersonator. I am the Honky Tonk <laughs> Man. I am someone totally different. I swear by it. But yeah, that's a guy who surprised me because I remember him as more of just a story dude, but he he actually has a lot of moves. Like he technically works for me. So there's a guy who's very well-rounded. Yeah, I'm not against Honky Tonk Man getting in at all, and I think there's less of an argument for him. I think people just get annoyed because his gimmick also wouldn't translate today. I think a lot of these things could work today. You just have to repackage them. It's funny because there's a guy today called Elias, and he has a musician gimmick, and he's kind of like a hipster folk singer, and he's not that good, and he gets in the ring with his guitar, and he's like... Like Lewin Davis, when he's like, I'm trying to sing a song. Yeah, yeah, actually... I didn't even think about that. They must have copied Lou and Davis. But this guy has like a beard and stuff, but like, and, and you know, and someone will come in and like stop him and beat him up, and he's like, like you know, Brooklyn sucks. Wow. Like that'll be his song. I definitely th- would have felt like the WWE music gimmick look would have been like what's that stuff called? It would be like heavy EDM or electronica you know, or dubstep. This, this is Elias. Again, it's it's like Lewin Davis. Yeah, like, no. You know, the Undertaker came back the other day and kicked his ass. Like, <laughs> it's a good way to like get a legend to come in and just... I'm surprised though he isn't like Donnie Dubstep like, I'm gonna, you know, razor blade your ears off. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a lot of news. Um, what are the average number of inductees? Does it depend? Is that another part of just like it the really willy-nilly so, who never knows? Another reason why this year was different they changed everything they made it 
shorter, and I feel like this year was the year they realized we have to take this seriously. Years prior, there was a stage, and they would have a celebrity inductee every year. Huh. And certain celebrity inductees would get cheered, and deservingly so, like Mr. T, for example. Oh, and he yeah, deserved yeah. to be inducted. Yeah, yeah. A celebrity who has not been inducted that should is Cindy Lauper. She was Absolutely. so into wow. I don't know why Good that call. has not happened. Can you rifle off a couple more? Because this is interesting, because we mentioned like, how they kind of cut back on the celebrities for WrestleMania 3. Okay, like Pete Rose got inducted. Wait, no, he, wait. Yeah, he was in like he was in like one or two WrestleManias with no, like Kane he, he, dressed as a chicken, and they, but that was for publicity. Well, so because like he's not inducted to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I met Pete Rose in Vegas because he was signing autographs I at Caesar's too. Palace all day too. long to repay gambling debts. Let's yeah. be honest, and gambling on his iPad while he was signing. <laughs> oh, really? <autographs. laughs> now this is someone who is controversial, and he did get booed, but I do believe he kind of earned a spot in the WWE Hall of Fame. Don't say OJ. Don't say OJ. You'll agree with me when I say worse, but I think half the country won't. Okay. Donald Trump. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, to me, almost because Mike Tyson had a run in WWE for like six months that changed the landscape of the product. How so? Because they got him as a guest star, and Uh he was the guest referee of Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, that WCW was winning the Monday Night Wars. And that switched a lot of people over to WWE. Because they were like, holy shit, Mike Tyson's in the ring. Drew Carey, who's in the WWE Hall of Fame, does not deserve to be (laughs) in the WWE Hall of Fame. What is happening? The price is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's shit like that. Like, I don't care about inducting a celebrity from time to time because it's part of the art. Alice Cooper? Nothing yet. No. (laughs) But, but, like, that would be a stretch. But they're, like, again, like, Pete Rose did not deserve it. No, no. And this year, no celebrity inducted. They changed the setup to, it was in a ring now, and it used to be like a stage. The ceremony used to run so long because they would have, now they would have time limits on the ceremony. Okay. Before they would have an inductor, and the inductor got as much time as he wanted. They would still have an inductor, but they would be like two minutes long. They had inductors with 30 minute speeches. What uh, is that know? about? And then, like, Who gives coming, a 30 minute speech for anything? Hillbilly Jim got elected last year, and he had like an hour long speech. I kid you not. Who's giving but, him an hour, though? What and the and f- they were like, no, we can't do this anymore. We can't expect people to watch a five hour, four or five hour ceremony no. for the Hall of Fame when they have to watch eight hours the I next mean, day. I mean, even the Oscars is like, wrap it up, you know, yeah, get so off that stage. So this year they really change it. And they, okay, so they also have this thing called legacy inductees. Okay. It, it's kind of shitty. But they don't tell you about it. And they said, we're also inducting these guys in. And, and they don't have a speech. Like the technical awards at the Oscars? We, <laughs> filmed, we filmed these two nights ago kind at of. a dinner. Except they, don't even, they just show clips. But <laughs> what it is, is the legacy inductees are what I call a correction. Like, sorry we missed you. Yeah, like from 20 years ago. And with the Legacy Hall of Fame, it's something that once they're in, they're still Hall of Famers. They're not less of Hall of Famers. Yeah. They just kind of didn't get their moment. This year, Bruiser Brody, I don't know if you know Bruiser Brody, but you should look him up. There's no, like, Mick Foley without Bruiser Brody. He's from, like, the Territory Days, and he's a get busted open. He actually got into a dispute with a wrestler in Puerto Rico. Okay. Overpay, and the wrestler killed him. No. So great, like, what? There's a new, um, I think it's on one of the channels, FX or like AMC, that's coming out. Okay. It either came out last week or this week, where it's going to do like wrestling stories of all these like tragic moments. Oh, no. It's well researched. I need to check it out. But So Wahoo McDaniel used to play for the Jets. And in the territory days, he was a big Luna Vachon. Women's wrestler, this guy called Special Delivery Jones. I remember Special Delivery. He was like STJ. Yeah. <laughs> he got elected in there, but like you could see how today's generation wow. might not appreciate his SDJ. That's crazy. Professor Toru Tanaka. Oh, um, Tanaka. Yeah, yeah. Professor he, Tanaka. He was Mr. Fuji's partner back in the day. That's right. This wrestler, Primo Canera. He was from back in the day too. He, he's funny because like he got kicked out of boxing because I think he fixed fights for the mob. Playboy Buddy Rose. Okay, Buddy Rose. Yep. Joseph Cohen. Who? Oh, there's a lot. You and I wouldn't know, but okay. Joseph Cohen 
started the MSG network and he started USA Whoa. network. Both USA, which, yeah, a lot of, of wrestling. Which, yeah. So like that's how they could reward somebody who that's no, no like hardcore wrestling fan is gonna sit through a thirty minute Joe Cohen speech. But this is for people like like I said, no offense especially delivery Jones, right. but no one's buying a ticket to the Hall of Fame ceremony which sold out Barclay Center no, to see special true. delivery Jones. There's no like nice way to say it. I hate to say it, but if someone's dead and there's like really nobody relevant to elect them. Like I hear you. Like another guy who got like a Jim Barnett. Jim Barnett was a promoter down south and he was like once his promotions got sucked up by Vince McMahon, he was like a lead assistant in WWE, lead assistant in WCW. Like everyone behind the scenes knows Jim Barnett, but the regular wrestling fans probably gonna not gonna know Jim Barnett. Got it. Like okay, the year before, like guys I never heard of got elected, but someone you might know got elected in the legacy. Let's see. Uh, Lord Alfred Hayes. He's yeah. like the British guy. <laughs> yes. Introduction. Guy. You uh-huh. know, he's not really not gonna inspire a crowd now, but no, true. But he deserves to be in. Okay, like a guy like El Santo. One of the most famous Mexican mm, wrestlers ever. Yeah. He was in movies in Mexico, but not really famous in the U.S. I'm just talking about like the legacy guys. No, but now. it's interesting though, like how far they are going. They want to be the Wrestling Hall of Fame overall. For, overall, yeah. So this is how they do it with that's these legacy cool. introductions. So like that's a way that they might get someone from Japan in or yeah. something like well, from almost every country. year. Like Ricky Dozan, I don't know who that is, but like he got elected that year. The year after that. Hiro Masamuta. This is a way to do that. To, exactly. To, yeah, to give these guys their due. Then, like two years ago, a wrestler called Farmer Burns got elected. This is Farmer Burns. Oh my gosh, Farmer Burns. Like, that is some farm league shit right there. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, he's a wrestler from, you know, died in 1937. <laughs> but it's important for the history of wrestling. Absolutely, no. Like, that's amazing. I love it. Oh, fantastic. He used to wrestle in Deadwood when he was a kid. <laughs> you know, like, like, put your dukes up kind of thing. Like. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, that very old-timey. Oh my goodness. That's terrific. It would be very hard to have a ceremony today for Farmer Burns. <laughs> you know, like, who's <laughs> elect him and no i hear that no i mean you know barely barely able to like draw someone from the 80s you know what i'm saying like it's tough yeah, if beefcake is getting like that's what i'm saying like if, if brutus beefcake and the honky tonk man are like you know catching heat <laughs> yeah watch well, sorry farmer burns but wow well that's great brian well this has been you know much longer than i thought it was gonna be but it's great i just might have to go out as its own special little episode I think that's what's going to happen. But is there anything you want to mention? Anything else that we didn't talk about since we recorded that happened in the wonderful world of wrestling that you'd like to mention or anything coming up the rest of the year wrestling-wise? Or do you want to maybe hint at something, a possible project that might be in the works? I don't know, Mike, but let's just say you and I have sparked some interest in the both of us and have really excited ourselves on this wrestling thing. Yeah, It's funny because I think about... I was listening to part one of your show and I... You know, just talking with you today as well. And I think if someone listened to me on guest starring on other episodes, maybe not so much your show, because I pick movies that I really like. Yeah. But if someone listening to my show, whether it's Hoffman or High School Slumber Party, and listening to me just talking about like a horror film, for example. Okay. And then listening to me talk about wrestling. Yes. They're like, wow, this guy knows nothing about movies. <laughs> movie it's like and day. <laughs> Just because compared to like my wrestling knowledge, yeah. my movie knowledge is not even close to this, which which I, I find okay, you know, because I like to learn and explore these movies anyway as a fan. Like, I don't want to be so like ticky tacky about the movies. No, well, I think what's great about 
about your show, especially with High School Slumber Party, because you're on your own there, you know, and you don't have yeah. your Kyle there. You're discovering these movies along with, like, your guests most I of the time? I would say most of the time, yeah. Most yeah, of the time. so it's understandable if you can't analyze it, like, to, you know, the ninth degree or anything, because you're just discussing it. And it's, I like that about it. It's more of a general discussion about what we watched. When I had you on, because I get that also from the movies you're on for my show, you know, with The Godfather. It's like, yes, I like this movie a lot, and I can talk about it more than other movies, but it's a general discussion about this. What I noticed about the wrestling thing is just, like, it just kind of flowed from you so naturally. <laughs> like, it just seemed like a whole other level of something. Like, you were just breathing. Like, you weren't even thinking about anything like it just seemed like it came much more naturally and i think that's just because you you've been around it longer you've been immersed in it more you know on this network everyone's a movie buff yeah so i'm just you know i'm just swimming in a sea of movie buffs i think if i went onto a wrestling network show i might be the guy scrambling for stuff you know i'll give you some names you listen to some high level wrestling weekly podcasts yeah and you'll be lost from 30 seconds in. <laughs> i'm lost sometimes at 30 seconds in crazy like so yeah. i mean there's podcasts for everyone but i guess that's the illusion like i think you know with this wrestling thing we've had some fun and maybe we can strike a balance with that yeah I and mean, i mean that's another thing i i felt too just with the show with the wrestling show i was a little worried that i wouldn't be able to sort of run that show or anything but no like i'm having just as much fun talking about that as i am about movies I love and you know to be honest I talk about more movies I like on other shows than my own show because <laughs> like I've sort of painted myself into this part three corner I was gonna say no one's fault but <laughs> I know that. I'm taking all the blame but it was nice to sort of go outside of the box and talk about wrestling instead of a movie and there was just more angles to approach it from and again whether it was by choice or by luck and I think a little bit of both yeah you had a great set of guests true for this Wrestlemania yeah. special yeah. Because everyone had varying knowledge of the product, yeah, which was worked well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so okay, so that's gonna wrap it up for this very special episode of WrestleMania Three. I don't know how to end this. Dan Cologne should come in with a steel chair and knock both. Exactly. Out. I'm waiting for someone to come in and hit me over the head with something to end the segment because that's how all those interviewer segments used to end. They just someone would barge in and be like, "Wait a minute." They were never like, on. "Oh, that's a great show. Thanks." Like, yeah, I know. Next segment, guys. For like the first time in wrestling history, Brian, it was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for coming. I should throw you through your window. Exactly. Would you mind now picking up that lamp be... and smashing? my leg with it i know you'd be injured and i know you'd be probably like pissed and you have to pay for a new window but would part of you be like that was a great way to end the show oh, yes absolutely <laughs> like if you're just like mike and one more thing and you like took my 50 inch tv and just hit me over the head with it from the hospital i'd give you the thumbs up i'd be like brian i understand it was for the good of the show uh, but that's not gonna happen unfortunately so i'm just gonna just gonna have to say bye for now okay <laughs> going to do it for this very special supplemental episode of Third Time's a Charm. I gotta thank Brian for stopping by and be sure to come back next time on May 3rd to hear Brian, Dan, and Larson talk about the next six matches and the thrilling conclusion of WrestleMania 3. 
I think that was a lot of fun and hope I get to talk wrestling with Brian a lot more in the future. Would you like that too? Drop me a line at T-H-R-E-E at cageclub.me and go to cageclub.me to find all the excellent back episodes of this show as well as all 25 shows on the network. Go to facebook.com slash cageclub and cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram because that's where you find us. Also go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave one of those reviews. We love those reviews. Also find this show wherever podcasts live in the tubes of the World Wide Web. Check out Cage Club at Patreon and donate to control what we watch. Or just donate a buck or two for being really cool. There is now a Cage Club store on Threadless with Third Times a shirt coming soon. Who wants a hashtag Season 1 Forever sticker? Well, you can get one there pretty soon. I'm working on it. Don't forget to go check out High School Slumber Party, hosted by my guest, Brian Rodriguez. And also check out his other shows with his co-host, Kyle Reinfried, which are P.S. I Love Hoffman and P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, both on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Come back next time for part three of WrestleMania. And until then, remember to watch more wrestling. That's a magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Three, Three may stub at me, and that's a magic number. What does it all mean?